0: and I podcast for single women considering solar motherhood by donor conception. I'm your host solo mum and life coach Mel Johnson and every week I'll be asking my guests their view on dating, relationships, societal pressure and how to make the final decision that solo motherhood is the right path for you. Today's guest is Raylene Rourke. Raylene is a mum of three and she's currently juggling being a mum with being an entrepreneur who's just launched her own business in Dika. She lives in Hong Kong with her husband. I met Ray when I lived in South Africa. She married a good friend of mine, Nate. And one of the reasons I wanted to have her on the podcast is that they are my absolute couple goals couple. I've spent this series focusing on how to make the decision to be a solo mum, but I don't want to make out that being in a partnership is awful. It's not. And Raylene and her husband are a great example of this. Ray, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I have been recording these podcasts, um, with women who have become solo mums or are considering solo motherhood and I wanted to do a more balanced view of actually chatting to somebody who um, is a mum in a partnership because I think it will just balance it off nicely to talk about the fact that you know it can be amazing to do this in a partnership as well but but possibly there's some challenges and to, and to talk about that. So, um, we met in South Africa.
1: South Africa, the year was probably 2013 or 2014. Yeah. I, think,
0: yeah. I think 2014. And I was friends with your now hubby, Nate. Yeah. I know that you're embarrassed or shy about it, but I put you and Nate up there as my couple goals couple, which is why I wanted to speak to you. And I think what's important for me is um, about what I see when I see your relationship is that it is amazing, uh, but that you put work and effort in to make it that way. So I suppose that's a little bit what I wanted to explore today. So do you want to just give a quick introduction to yourself before we start?
1: Sure thing. Um... Firstly, I am so happy to be here. I'm so proud of you, Mel. Just that this podcast is a beautiful milestone. Oh, in thank the you. And I. so firstly, congratulations. Um, so yeah, so married to Nathaniel, we've got three beautiful girls, uh, Nyla, Quinn, and Leah, and they are four, two, and six months. Um, a little bit about myself. I love entrepreneurship. Um, I've just started a new business. Uh, inspired by my three girls uh, leggings business, but I also just am constantly learning. A little bit like you, Mel. I mean, I think you do it on like <laughs> on a rapid rate. Um, <laughs> but I'm just i I'm, I'm just loving life on this like learning journey. I'm very curious to sort of maximize my talents and potential, and very curious around what I can still achieve and how I can help other people achieve what they want to achieve. Um, so I'm pretty much a very open-minded person who loves challenges. And right now, as I said, is a challenge of starting a new business, but also discovering myself as a mother and also discovering myself as a wife. As you say, the relationship part of it is just, it's it's not stagnant. It's always growing. So I'm definitely a working progress and um, and very open-minded. We're based in Hong Kong at the moment. So Nate and I are moved here about 18 months ago from South Africa. In fact, we did a stop by in Indonesia so, mm, I'll stop there. we a fun-loving, fast-paced family, if you like. Our families call us the fast-paced family because we're always doing everything at a super fast pace, doing a lot of things all at once.
0: <laughs> I, I definitely see that. And starting a new business, living in a new place, having three right. children, young. I mean, you, you managed to fit it all in. It's very impressive to see. Thank um, you. So, so, how did you and Nate
1: meet? A uh, little bit of a boring story, actually, at a braai, at a barbecue. <laughs> but I think what the, the pieces after that were a little bit more special. But we met at a work braai. A, a braai is a, is a barbecue for how we said in South Africa. Yeah. We sort of work in the same building. At the time, I was running a business with my best friend, Nelly Swah, and we were sharing an office with a company that, they, that Nate was in partnership with. And yeah, and um, we met at this barbecue, and I had an extra ticket for a talk I was doing the next day, uh, so a friend of mine just let me down, and um, and I had this ticket, and I just asked like wildly, actually wildly, guys, I've got an extra ticket. There was a group of us standing, and he said, "I'll take it." And I just met this guy, so I was in love, was in love at first sight, right? Okay. But the next day, when he did come to the the, the talk. There was a couple of things that he did that I was like, hmm, this is an interesting human being. And I feel like I started liking him more than he liked me at that point.
0: (laughs) Well, I was friends with Nate at that time. And I can tell you he was equally interested in you. (laughs) So that's that's definitely not
1: And so so what happened next? So we go to this this talk and we are very comfortable with each other. I was curious, like, actually, you know what happened at at this place? It was in Alexandria. It was in a township. And I saw this white American boy coming into the space and being extremely comfortable. Like, Mm. not pretending to be comfortable. And he wasn't saying I'm comfortable. He wasn't actually saying it. But I could feel his level of comfort and excitement to be in a space that... I think for him is completely different he's from the east coast you know he's like you know a, as white sorry as can be you know in the way he was brought up and there he's in this and there was something that was very curious I was very curious about and and really attracted to so then a week later he was working for an organization that was very new and they were trying to get uh, customers and they got their 1 millionth customer a week later so they threw a big party and it was at that point he then invited me to this party was at that party where I just like absolutely fell in love with him it was it was a million billion dollar party so you had to come dressed like a million bucks so everybody was in their best you know uh, I had a red long dress like the Oscars and he had a beautiful bow tie and it was just like a perfect evening to be like oh my god you are gorgeous you're gorgeous you're cool you're cool And, and I guess from there um we just, yeah, we couldn't stay away from each other and we just fell in love. And when he did propose just a small thing, when he did propose, uh, I don't know, maybe a couple of years later, he wore the same tie as he was wearing at oh. the same bow tie as the million billion party. And that was one of the things I really, really loved. Cause it was just like, yeah, this curly Afro with the, if you can imagine curly Afro with this bow tie, it was like, he was like a nerd, but a cool nerd. <laughs> so it was a combination of a whole lot of things that uh that even if I put together in a guy I don't think I'd have put in that combination but I've certainly found it found it innate so mm -hmm. so it was quite quick then so you know you knew quite quickly that
0: this guy was sort of like a different
1: absolutely it was very quick Mel and for some reason it didn't worry me at all so I want to say two or three weeks later it was like the big bang I love you I was meant to move to the states actually there's a bit of a complicated like so we met in September I was moving to the states in Jan I literally changed my plans before Christmas and I was like not even before I would say like in that month you know we're like you're not moving um so big moves very quickly um and I just felt so at ease about them for some reason by by the January after that, we would moved in together <laughs> by, you know, the year after we we were married, we were engaged, married and our first kid by 2015 and, and we had met in 2013. And um, I feel like it's only now we're actually catching up because we, we've been married since 2015, so 2020. So it's like, yeah, twenty twenty. So it's like five years. It's like okay, it kind of feels okay, but we've got three kids, and one of them is going like to be five. Like so, I feel like we haven't really caught up with the with all the events in our life. But it certainly has been a ride. Five years, a wild ride, and in, in the coolest, most growing way. Actually, I've really grown a lot with him. So
0: when you say fast paced, I'm I'm getting some of this. <laughs> <laughs> um So. How do you guys operate as a couple? How does it work? How do you make it work?
1: Yeah. Um, firstly, I think one of the tick boxes for me is that I'm really able to be vulnerable with him, really able to be vulnerable with him. Uh, also, the time that we met each other almost forced us, I to make certain decisions. And we we had a very rough start to our relationship. There was a lot of jealousy. There was a lot of... Um, and maybe as you as a group of friends, I don't know if you guys saw it, but we went through a lot of things like very quickly, actually, like um, just struggles, as we call them, ego struggles that that would break many relationships. But I remember working so systematically with them on each of those things and going, God, I'm embarrassed that I acted that way. And I hope you, you know, it was just, especially having those kind of struggles so earlier on in a relationship you kind of, you're scared that the person sees you in a certain way and you're like, I can't believe I show, showed up like that. But then he still forgives you and you learn from that. And so we had a lot of those really hard ego, as we said, ego struggles that we worked through with the, uh, with the new earth. And have you read the new earth? no. With the new earth was like our Bible at the beginning of our relationship, and that's where we learned about the different triggers we have in each other. So he would do something that would trigger my ego, and my ego triggered, and we started really figuring out our weak points very early. So the vulnerability and getting through that, I think, just created such an incredible foundation of how to deal with any other struggles, but also an incredibly authentic, like, okay, this is who you're going and doing life with. This is. This is their weaknesses. These are their strengths and you're still choosing it. Cool. Let's go. And it's literally been easier since our our first year was like complete bliss, but it was also really up and down. And now that we understand each other a bit more, it's really become easier. Mm -hmm. Um, So we, we handle things by being honest, by saying, you know, having a common language around, this is how you made me feel. And because we, we kind of working with the foundation of the new earth and, and how the ego works we often it's often stuff linked to that and we both understand it it's not me speaking one language and him not understanding it so yeah being honest about triggers what upsets us and also i would say just being the same we really acknowledge that we have the same energy and the same frequency and we appreciate that in each other i think you know you need a certain type of energy to keep you going. And I think that's my biggest relationship advice and what I've learned from my past relationships. Sameness for me, like really makes life easier. Nate is fast paced. He loves thinking big. He loves doing things big. He is quite you know and we're the same in that way so i don't have to interpret my dreams to him he goes he gets it he feels it and he says let's go it's not always a good thing because
0: when you're (laughs) together the the power that's coming is whoa (laughs) but it's energizing
1: it's energizing yeah so it it's just understanding each other's frequencies but also really understanding where we are are quite different as well um so that, yeah, just being honest and, and speaking and do not not letting things fester.
0: How early into your relationship did you talk about having
1: children? <laughs> we we didn't talk, I mean, how early? Okay, so we spoke about having children at some point. But when we did have our first child, it was not supposed, it was kind of, it was a surprise, let's call it. It was
0: earlier than planned.
1: Well earlier than planned. <laughs> I think we knew we wanted to have kids i'm not too sure how how soon into the relationship pretty soon i think because we you know we're both dreamers and quite futurists so i would i would i would give us in the first two months we must have said listen we want to have a family together um but it, it did happen way sooner than we thought it would
0: yeah and um how do you sort of so you've got three kids how do you make that family life work for you guys in terms of sharing the responsibility of um the parental responsibility and you've both got like big dreams and jobs how do you make it all work together
1: uh we have a sense of understanding where everybody is at certain times so me being at home and being able to work from home and starting my business at home Nathan is is quite different to where nate is where he's like he was traveling in fact before covid he was traveling so much so the expectations from him from every day i couldn't i can't be resentful i can't be angry i need to understand where he's coming from he can't be there all the time so it's just understanding who can handle what Um, he's really precious about time with the girl so when there is time and he has the time I need to back off and I must be able to be intuitive about that this is like the special time Um, but I don't know it's just it's 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 a flow that we have we kind of also try and see each kid for who they are individually so and and then depending on who they are individually they need different things and then which of the parents are more equipped or in the mindset to give them that? So Nylia is highly emotional. If Nate is really busy, he doesn't have the patience to deal with her emotions. So he stays away. So it's like it's this like rhythm we have in the family was I also really like systems and rituals. I think rituals help everybody sort of just rest and find their place every day. So the morning snuggle is a non-negotiable. Like don't have a very, very, very early meeting because they're going to come in our room and that may be the only time you see them because you might come home after they go to bed. So don't mess with that time, you know? So I think these little rituals really have kept us going and not felt anybody longing for anything. And of course, we've got things like, you know, wherever you can take them to school it's like a treat for him to take them to school because he's never around during that time so when he can then just make that happen for him um or time, try not to miss bedtime if we, if we if we can't help it sometimes he has to sometimes so just are those pockets of energy and quality time that we can both make in the most consistent way and be kind of Uh, Very territorial about it and then also understanding each other's vibes where emotionally we are what the workload is feeling like
0: What's really interesting for, for people who are considering solo motherhood is that you know what you're saying is you know before Covid nate was travelling a lot and you were on your own with the children quite a lot yeah. anyway and even when he is there he has a big job and he's away a lot so quite yeah. often you might be doing the school run or bedtime and bath time so you do do quite a bit of the parental responsibility on your own and um is that just you know you guys just make it work for you you know you just do what needs to be done depending on who's there
1: yeah. Yeah. I think there's definitely a lead at a certain time of our life. So I'm the lead parent, not lead parent. Can you say that? But like I'm definitely <laughs> the day to day stuff. I'm the best parent. <laughs> but there's definitely like the, the parents in the forefront from the day to day. Yeah. And I, that's clear between the both of us and there's no fights around it and it's just the way it is and you know you talk about before COVID he was traveling now COVID he's stuck in an office I feel like even that's even more frustrating because he's actually home (laughs) he's home all day but we literally will not see him he'll grab his meal and go back in because he's working on Hong Kong South Africa and Vietnamese time which spans like literally 16 hours a day. So it's almost like knowing that he's in Vietnam, is almost easier than like knowing, right, yeah. And you're <laughs> crying and you're not doing anything. So, but but we very, very um, clear about the day to day, I've got the flexibility at this point. And there may be a time where I don't one day and he's gonna need to come in. And I think understanding those rhythms are so so important what's the rhythm of of your lives at the moment right now yeah and not fighting about it and if there's some flexibility or pockets where he can just step away so he can and he does feel that significance and he does feel that um that sense of like okay I'm, i'm i'm doing my part but it's also about him making sure that he doesn't feel guilty about it because Hey, he's working he's creating this life that we're living so beautifully and and we appreciate him for it and we need to nurture him and make sure that he's okay um so i think it's just acknowledging and sometimes things are not fair in life, in, in life. it's not it can it'll never be 50 50 it's like i've got the breast i'm gonna wake up at night and i'm gonna breastfeed <laughs> you know what i mean like it's not I don't, you know. It's, it's never going to be 50-50. And...
0: This is why I, I feel like I learned so much from you though, Ray. Just in terms of, I think you're really good at this. I think there's loads of women who feel resentful if they're in the position where they're doing the majority of this. What I love about you is that the family is the priority and you make it happen and you're a team and you both do whatever role needs to be done to get that team um yes. I think that for me is
1: what I see working yes. really well. yes, absolutely, I love the team analogy because I feel like that's what it is, and one of the other big values in our home, um, Mel, is everybody's got a dream and 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 I promise you, I will work with each of my kids until they uncover what they really want to do and make sure that they're creating time for them themselves to do that thing everybody's driven. If they feel like they're doing something that they love, you know, the feeling, you know, and I'm living my dream right now. And, and, and part of my dream is to build this business. So finding, so and Nate knows that and Nate respects that. And he's actually loving his job right now. And guess what? It's such a privilege to love your job. And, and, and you will not always love it, but in this phase of his life, he's really engaged. He's really loving it. He's flying. And I love seeing him happy in that space. So, um, helping everybody sort of live their dream and be in their zone is one of the, I would say, like most important things as a mother I'm going to try and create. And we both as parents try and create. Um, and so he knows I'm living my dream. So he will create that space. On Sundays... He, he's with the kids most of the day, funnily enough, or son, Saturday afternoon, because I just want to do what I want to do and he knows that makes me happy. So respecting each other's dreams, so not just each other's times, but respecting each other's dreams and, and giving them the chance to do that We know ultimately we'll create a happy family. We know that.
0: Yeah, you said something really important that I um, heard you say uh, previously and was like, hmm, because you said it's really important that we make sure he's okay. And I reflected on that and thought, "Mm, in my previous relationships, I'm pretty sure I was checking I was okay. (laughs) But you're checking that he's okay. And I think that is just a really critical um, difference of what can make it successful.
1: Yes. And, you know, and it's the trust that I know he wants me to be okay as well. He's not okay if I'm not okay. So having each other's backs, I think, is quite an important thing in a relationship rather than competing with each other. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So just like, yeah, so he needs to be okay. I don't, I don't want to... Uh, uh, a grumpy husband <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly and then so when I told you guys that I was thinking of doing this on my own um, based on the fact that you were in a really happy relationship I guess it can be difficult to, to sort of think about how it would be on your own but what did you think when I told you that that was what I was considering
1: it's what I thought and what I, I absolutely still think today I feel I felt you're so empowered. It was such, it's such a big decision. And 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 the fact that you'd make the decision to do it on your own, I just felt like quite an empowered um, sense sense of empowerment. And you. it's that respecting your dream and having the courage to do what you really want to do. Do, even though society might see it differently so I felt extremely proud of you and and I and I'm proud of any mom or any mom who wants to go this route and um, because I reflect on myself and go would I do that and I don't know I don't know and but if I saw you doing it I think I would if you know what I mean so yeah. it's, a, it's a move that uh, that requires inspiration to do it Um, and, and it's an important move because I think it speaks to one of the deepest thing a mom or a woman will want is a kid. It's one of the deepest dreams and the most biggest things they'll ever want in their lives. So the fact that you go for it is an extremely power move and empowering move. And yeah, I, I was, I was all for it and so proud of you.
0: Oh, thank you. In the UK, uh, where I'm based, this is becoming much more common. Being a black woman in South Africa, what would it be viewed upon um, to, 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 to do it on your own?
1: You know, in the past, I would say, probably looked down upon a lots of questions around it, but I'm just thinking about the society that South Africa is sort of existing in right now. The number of single mothers, South Africa if you had to google that number it's astounding Mm. and it's not single by choice Mm. it's like there was a stat it's a crazy stat that in 20 I don't know in 2014 or something all kids that were born something like 80 percent were born with no with with no father's signature on the birth certificate don't quote me on the numbers but if you had to google the number of single parents um, in South Africa, it's crazy. So I'll, before I'd say culture, oh, people ask questions, but now it's happening, but it's not my choice. So in some ways, if if um, uh, if a woman did it today, I think there would be some sense of like, oh, wow, okay, so you're choosing to do this. I think there would be a sense of pride and a sense of, but maybe I'm coming from a very open-minded uh, uh, mind, but I, I, I do believe that there would be a sense of respect around it because so many mothers are doing it anyway, um, not by choice. So imagine if you had the time to think it through and do your planning and to look at your finances. I absolutely think it's a, it's a new way that wouldn't be looked down upon. Um, and in fact respected Uh,
0: and i think that's one of the things i want to do is just highlight um you know bring a spotlight to it talk about it and um, get people speaking more openly about it so people do feel like they have a choice if they're in this situation because more and more people are single in their 30s and like you say the desire to become a mum is irrelevant of relationship status. Yeah. You want to be a mum, you want to be a mum. It's it. different to being in a relationship. And because you haven't found a relationship, um, it's tough to say, oh, well, then your desire to be a mum has yeah. to be put on hold.
1: So They hold such different weights. Yeah. It's like, why are there a dependency in some ways? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like so, so different. Um, yeah, yeah
0: it's something i explore quite a lot actually because it's around um the fairy tale fantasy so one of the things i talk about is that we grew up certainly the influences i had was that i would get married have children live happily ever after that's kind of the fairy tale that we grew up with in terms of films and storybooks and and all of that sort of stuff um what's your view i mean you have got an amazing situation you've met a really amazing guy and it's rare to meet someone you have such a good connection and a match
1: with
0: but I'm guessing it's not a complete fairy tale you know what what's your view of it
1: no it's absolutely not a complete fairy tale um because we open because we fast pace we have these dreams we have ambitions you can imagine you don't always want to consider a different, another person in your, in your plans. <laughs> so it's easy to just go ahead. So um, so having to slow down sometimes to ask or get a second opinion or what do you think or should we go, you know, or like having to like really uh, banter or argue about fundamentals is, is work. It's effort. Um, so whereas if I was a solo mom, I would just go right ahead. And, and we've come to those parenting things where we have different beliefs, systems around that we've had to now sit down and unpack and chat. And I still don't agree, but we'll try it out. And then I forget to try it out. And then we talk about, but you see, you're going to do this and we haven't done it. So the effort that goes into creating this harmony and this like is a lot um it's not a fairy tale i think what's i think it's a fairy tale if you make it a fairy tale right so you can create your fairy tale we're creating the life we want to live so it it could be so difficult but we it's lovely to have somebody to say where do we want to live do we want to save up enough money to take a year off together it's almost like you're with this person to dream about a future together and create the fairy tale, but I don't think you just step into it and it's a fairy tale. Not at all. Not 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 at all. Um, but it's a companion, it's a friend, it's somebody to, you know, um to 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 prop you up when to check on you and a lot of relationships anyway are not like that anyway so that's what they're supposed to be doing but then they end up not doing it so then it becomes like just a space of disappointment actually but you're in this relationship and then you've got the kids and you're staying for the kids so I am lucky in the situation that I'm in that we're not there um but it's it's certainly work it's 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 this need to consider somebody else's feelings and and really stuff they believe in that you make feel completely different about Ray, and
0: you, you could have written my coaching course so that's what we talk about you make your own fairy tale that is the absolute key so no matter what the circumstances you yeah. make it into your fairy tale i love that that's my absolute
1: yeah. philosophy marriage does not equal fairy tale no. marriage does not if anything actually it just equals work and if you do the work right it becomes what you want it to be as uh, same as solo motherhood, you know, you create the life with your daughter, your son or your that life. I mean, and, and the more I, I'm following what you are doing with Daisy, Mal, the more I'm like, phew, but a lot of stuff is replaceable if we think about it. Like, you know, so you are married because you need a male figure in your child's life. Well, hold on. I love your post about look at the male figures in Daisy's life. And it's like, oh my God, they're actually curated and quite special. And probably <laughs> for some of them, is way better than the one dad. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, if we had to break down the things that we want in our lives and the life we want to create, um, we, there's so many sources. If we just be open-minded and abundance around, you know, uh, how to get those things into our family life. And you're showcasing that in such a beautiful way with, with sharing your story.
0: And I think something that you said, um, I think is really important for people is that you have a look at what your situation is and you make the most of that. So for me, not having to negotiate with anybody about how I parent is like, I really cherish that because it's so much easier in some ways. And like, sometimes I need support, but I get that usually from other mums. So I'm like, how the heck do you navigate this? And you get that advice from mums anyway so um you know you and Nate are you're from completely different backgrounds so Nate's a, a white American guy and you're a black South African lady and like is it difficult navigating your way
1: through that at all? You know it it hasn't been difficult not once actually I, when I say not once not once it hasn't been difficult from a values and foundations point of view and that had nothing to do with the color of our skin I think it's becoming more Um, we're having more conversations now as we have older we have girls, like kids, our kids growing up, even Black Lives Matter has triggered quite a lot of hard conversations for us Mm -hmm. as a couple, but I wouldn't say it's changed the fundamentals and values of who we are, so one of the things, I'll I'll give you an example so one of the things that I felt completely when I knew, and this was in my marriage files, when I knew Nate was for me was he had come to My home in the Eastern Cape, and he—he was in my. It was our first trip home, first trip. He was meeting my parents, and I'm like quite like conservative parents, like just homely, humble people, you know. And they, (laughs) in the the morning after, you know, we slept in separate rooms and all of those things. And he came in the next morning. I was my parents are lying in their bed, and my brother and I always went to lie with my parents, and he walked in. And he just came to lie with us. He came to lie at the feet of my parents, where we would usually lie. I was like, how did he do that? And he he said, well, we do that with my parents as well. Like, the sense of homeliness and and that is an important value for me the humbleness the these are parents these are this is what family is about we have the exact same feeling and the same understanding of what family we put our parents on the same kind of pedestal we we you know so those values really see us through the differences in the black and white and i mean and our parents love each other because they parent almost the same it's unbelievable Uh, So finding, like, the similarities and the values have made life way, way easier. The things that are challenging us now are these conversations, for example, in Black Lives Matter, where it's like, oh, it's like, you know, he's learned about American history in a certain way Mm -hmm. at school, and now I'm learning about American history through media and what's happening with the police, and I'm learning it in a completely different way. So the facts are not always linking, and I'm going, wait a minute. You saying slavery was 400 years. I'm saying slavery is actually still part of the prison now. And he'll say, "But let's look at this." So it's more of a facts-based thing, and what we hear in the media, and it clashing, and and so some it's it's gotten so tough that we've actually had to go to bed and say we can't finish this conversation right now, actually, okay. because you are saying that um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of a good example, but there are. It's more. It's more like facts superficially but values based yeah you know he understands you know he understands that what's happening in america is not right his way of processing it is very different to mine i'm not attached but he is he's going well okay because you feel guilty right you feel a bit guilty about part of the problem so of course he's processing it in a very different way than i'm processing it and it's the first way first time he's had to show up in his white Americanness, mm. this way in front of me is that it's it's weird. So we're still navigating those things. But the point is, our kids who are African, our kids are American. We need to think about where's the best place for them and how they best leverage that. What do they understand about those America? We need to be clear about that, and it's still not clear in our relationship. Be honest, because our kids are still small, so we haven't started speaking about them, and that will be very interesting about how they think about being a black American. Are they seen as an African American, and how do they? process that for themselves. Is it through the eyes of Nathaniels or the, the eyes of Black Lives Matters and George Floyd and what's happening to African-Americans? And then there's the African and South African part. And even that is quite complicated because I'm a mixed South African who's not necessarily linked to Zulu or CASA. And it's just, we we still have a lot ahead of us in that kind of coming to an understanding and then being able to interpret to our kids in a way that makes sense for them and then of course they've had all of this international experience so maybe maybe that's what they are but actually no they can't deny their identity so I don't know (laughs) Wow,
0: (laughs) lots to navigate through Ray but the absolute key that you've said throughout this is you and Nate have a brilliant communication so you might not always immediately agree because it's a really complicated subject and as you say with completely different um you know education on it so it's not something you can just change but you've got the
1: skills together to figure it out um but but tough it's tough and I think Mel what is really important in a relationship is bringing to the surface what is important to you so it might, it might not or you can't take for granted that'll be important to the other person that's what we're learning with Nate and I so I'm just like it's really important for me, Nate, to understand what you think about this. Like I need to, I know you don't think it's right to kill black people. I know that that's a given, but what do you really think? And so like, I'm scratching so deep and he's maybe not really wanting to go that deep, but it's so important for him. So I leave that with him sometimes. And he's not in, he's not in the space of mine to go deep, but I'm left with him to say this. is still important to me and getting to the bottom of what is important to you. You can rest in that, Mm. you know, um and and i think in any relationship this is just one of the things so getting to the bottom of what's important for you and to you it could be about black lives matter it could be a cultural thing it could Mm -hmm. be a relationship thing it could be anything. anything bring it if it's important to you even if it's not that important to the other person they need to know that they're not allowed not to engage it because that's the only time you rest because otherwise things just layer on layer on layer on layer on
0: and I think what is like really interesting for me is I don't have to think about any of that stuff because I haven't got anyone to... And it sounds like that's tough, you know, it, it's tough. But don't get me wrong, the benefits are also there. You know, you're in a team, you've got that support, you've got that person behind you. It's pros and cons, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. It's, as, as we're saying, it's the life you want to live, you're going to create it, you know. So there's yeah. pros and cons with are living the best life that you have created for yourself right now and it's the gratitude around those things I think that we have to put our energy and focus on not what we don't have and what we don't have comes when 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 we open and 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 grateful for what we have around us
0: exactly and I think the last thing I want to just say is um, some people some women who are on their own don't want to spend time with couples because it makes them think about what they haven't got Uh, I feel quite the opposite and I love hanging out with you and Nate because I'm just getting a bit of that action I want to be part of that I want to be in your family and I think um, that's something that's really lovely that you are open and welcoming and you know invite others to be part of what you've created and I love that. Um,
1: I love that about you so much is just the easiness in in the way you do hang out with because I think I feel like I'd be probably one of those solo moms like you know maybe I need to hang out with other solo moms but I find it so empowering of you to be open enough to just hang out. And what it does for us as a couple as well is allows us to have a mutual friend, like a real, then it's three of us. It's not two. We don't see it as a couple in you. Then it's just like two of us. And we also discovering ourselves through another person as ourselves and not as a couple. And I think if you do it enough times, like we have, um, you, you start to see this is who Raylene is in the midst of Mel. It's not Raylene and Nate all the time, because otherwise couples actually become like these one things and and they get experienced as the same as like a unit and 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 it's not always a positive experience so doing it enough times with the same couple you start to really understand your individual sense of significance in that other human beings life like i feel like i've got a completely different and mature relationship with just you now even though you guys started off as as as, as friends you know yeah. so yeah well done for doing that because the couples also take from it as well.
0: I think it's so important for people to hear that because there is sometimes a hesitation. Does a couple want to hang out with me? Am I like intruding on their life? My uh, view is like, oh well, I'll intrude away. <laughs> but other people may be a bit more hesitant. So I think it's really nice to hear that it's actually good as a couple sometimes to hang out with other people um, and, and that you get stuff from it, all three of you, as you say as individuals, it's really nice. Yeah.
1: No, I love it, love it, love it, love it. And you have to trust yourself as an individual. You yeah. don't need, I mean, that's a, probably a big step in, in, in how you're coaching people is trust yourself. You don't need to be a couple to be fully yourself, right? Exactly. And then that's a beautiful place then to implement that in these settings where there's couples where you're like, I'm enough. For both these people, and I'm gonna experience them in two different way, in different ways, because they are two different people. And being an individual in front of them reminds them. That's the reflection we're getting. Reminds us that we're actually very different. We well, we might be a couple, but we're actually quite different.
0: And I think that is a perfect place to finish on i am enough i think that's a beautiful ending ray it's been so lovely to chat to you thank you so much for taking the time
1: thank you so much this has been so much fun
0: if you've enjoyed this episode of the stalker I podcast i'd hugely appreciate if you rate review and subscribe i look forward to seeing you again next